What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Loop. I'm your host, Dale Fowler, along with my partner, Keyshawn Wilkins. Q, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. I'm living great. How you doing, my guy? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Got some good topics we're going to talk about today. A lot of been going on in the NFL lately with some recent Julio talk. And, you know, Deshaun Watson posting a video. And then we just had those play-in games that just happened. We're going to recap the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Grizzlies coming out on top, moving forward. John Morant, hey, he said he was the one. So let's just go, go ahead and jump right into it. Now for our first topic of the day, of course, we're going to start with some NFL talk. Um, Julio, like I said in the beginning, name has been floating around in trade discussions. And recently we just hear that the Patriots are very, very interested. So Q, how you feel about that? What do you think about that move? And will Julio be an asset that will be useful into rebuilding and to a team that already was doing was was making big moves this offseason. How you feel about that? Um, I honestly feel like that'll be a great move for Julio. Um, as far as for the Falcons, it's more like they're about to start setting themselves up for rebuild mode. Um yeah. Julio's been with the Falcons for a long time. And honestly, just with the career that he has had on himself, I mean he's already he's already set himself as a top notch receiver in the league, regardless. Um, but it's just I feel as though this was this was a long time of coming, you know, seeing that this was going to happen eventually. Um, I noticed it last year, you know, every once in a while, Julio name might have came up here and there, oh, will Julio be shipped off to another team? But it's like now that it's actually looking like it's starting to be in motion. Um, I mean, I think it'll work great for the Patriots, first off. You know, like how you said, they made a lot of big moves in the offseason um, so far this year. And then also going to acquire – quarterback and Mac Jones uh, I mean you're going to have him and Cam kind of working you know on that back as far as in the quarterback position but it's like working with both of them and then you bring somebody like Julio who's a great deep threat guy is a great deep threat he's going to be able to open up the space for them as far as in that passing game because last year they was more working on their run game and also more short passes and play action plays but it was more like they didn't have any deep assets that they can really Trust, you know, that, oh, I can launch it down to them. I know I can trust him to catch it. Deep three. Julio, yep. Julio is definitely one of them guys. So I feel like in that case, it would definitely work for Julio. Um, I mean, just seeing that his name is in the trade talks, it wasn't ne never a surprise. It's just now that it's finally getting in motion. And if the Patriots are showing really good interest in him, I mean, I would say why not go for it? Oh, yeah, totally agree. I mean – for Julio, I don't think it probably would be the best position, especially this year, because we know Cam Newton, he's more of a running style quarterback. And, I mean, he can pass the ball, and he's more of an intermediate, middle-of-the-field type of quarterback. He doesn't really throw downfield as much. But we saw when he had his MVP year when they went to the Super Bowl, had a guy like Kelvin Benjamin who was big size. Even though Julio was smaller, but he still has the strength and the uh, height to really win those jump ball. Uh, situations and be a deep threat, which he made himself throughout his career. But um, however, we saw Cam shifted, so I don't know how much would that be. But future-wise, I think in the future for Mac Jones, I think it will put them in the best situation due to the fact he came from having some great wide receivers over there in college, over there in Alabama. So him bringing in Julio who will be on a three-year contract because that's what the rest of the years he has if he was to be traded this year uh in this offseason it'll be more of a move I feel for Mac Jones because after this year I think we all can say that Cam Newton will be gone they acquired Mac Jones because he's someone when you put him in a system 
he can do good and he can flourish if you allow him to flourish. I mean, like I said before, he had some some great wide receivers over there in Alabama. So you surround that talent that you added this offseason and then bring in someone like Julio is going to make it more comfortable for him when he get um, when he moves forward next year. Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time, a Hall of Fame coach, probably will go down as a goat. And then even though he's a defensive-minded coach, when you have a quarterback like Mac Jones, he's not completely Brady, but he's not at as athletic and he will use more of his mind and he will take advantage of those short route intermediate route opportunities but he's not scared to go downfield as well too especially if if he has a wide receiver that can go up so you have some guys great in the middle of the field that has great hands who'll be able to do good as well but then adding julio when you want to go downfield and you know you need a big play you'll have that play making ability so i think both sides can work it out for the falcons obviously it's going to look like you know uh, it's going to be horrible, but at the same time, it's rebuild mode. You went to the Super Bowl, and after that, it's just been down years from there, and you, you haven't grown from then. So I think it's time for them to really shift that system, um, add another quarterback themselves, even though we know Matt Ryan might be coming back. But, you know, just really start that rebuild process, get your defense back together. Offensively, you can start off with knowing you got a young receiver in Calvin Ridley, and with Julio leaving, Calvin Ridley being um, taken up in – really having great seasons as well because Julio has been dealing with injuries, although he's been playing around 14 games in a 16-game season. That's good. So with the injury excuse that everybody want to use, he's someone who usually fight through it, but then and there he had to take one or two. This year, I think it was more because they know the Falcons wasn't really doing anything. They wasn't going to be their threat. Um, then they knocked themselves out of playoff contention. He was just doing the best for his body so he can be able to play for probably three to four years that I'm, I'm sure he's hoping to do. So both sides can make this a win-win situation. I don't think it's a bad move. I don't think it's bad for the Patriots to acquire him. I think everyone's just looking like that because we know what type of quarterback Cam Newton is. But at the end of the day, you want wide receivers that is reliable and who will come in. You know they're short-handed, and then he's a great route runner, and he's a deep threat as well. This is what the league has shifted to. So since the league shifted that way, you need to go there, out there and get those guys who have the athletic ability and who are known for those type of, you know, styles of play in this type of offense and in this type of league now, I think it'll fit out perfectly. I mean, this year, I think they just want to give Cam one more chance, of course. We talked about that before. So we're going to see how it go. But let's go ahead and jump on into the next topic. Uh, like I stated, Deshaun Watson, he recently posted a video of him working out, looking like he's getting prepared for this season. I think he has high hopes of coming back, although with those sexual uh, sex as, uh, sexual assault allegations and harassment and stuff like that. Uh, his lawyer end up, I think he put something out there where they're trying to work something out uh, going forward. Uh, I don't know if it's a settlement or not. We're going to see it's been just back and forth um, banter, but we won't get as much information until it start coming to a head. And then I think they start knowing what they're going to do with that. But last episode, we said we don't think he probably will play this season with everything going on and it's getting deeper to that offseason. So, Q, does this post, uh, does this workout video on Instagram and all the other social media websites mean anything to you for him coming back this year? Honestly, in my honest opinion, I, I don't think it means anything to him coming back this year. I just think it's him just showing that, you know, he's staying ready. He's staying prepared for any time that, you know, when he will make his return. I think he's still probably going to potentially sit the season out. He might not 
even though, you know, the fact that he, you know, that he had all the allegations going on against him. But at the same time, uh, I just feel as though this is just him showing that, you know, he's consistent with working out. He's consistent with wanting to make sure that, you know, he's staying ready and prepared. So if the team and if the team end up making a, you know, move for him to go and get off the team uh, as far as with the Texans, they want to make a trade for him or anything, you know, they can go ahead and make that move. And it'll just be easy and simple. But then it's like he's showing that I'm ready to get back on the field at any time at any day. Um, I just feel like that's sometimes what players can do. They like to show that they're staying prepared, they're staying ready, and they're showing that they are working out and can consistently staying with that workout um, during the offseason while that's going on. Because, I mean, at the same time, you know, he's still dealing with the same situations that are going on far on the allegations. And also to the fact, too, that he's dealt with a lot with Houston. So I don't really see him wanting to move forward, move further with Houston. I don't really see him wanting to move any further in his season or his his uh, further in his career uh, with even trying to play for them or anything. So even at this point, I don't see that being something that's going to really happen. I see as though he's just wanting to show teams that, hey, I'm still working out. I'm still doing what I have to do. Come get me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a quarterback that that's willing to work. Like, like how we also brought this up too. Like he was the leading passer last year with a team that we never thought he would be leading in the NFL with in passing. Not five in the league, right? You know, and it's it's just like even seeing that, and they were still one of the last place teams in the league. That's it's still just remarkable to see how much work ethic that he really has. So I think that he is still just wanting to try to show teams that he's a valuable market to their he's a valuable asset to their team market and that they can really try to go for him. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, uh, I think it was a sign that he's probably saying that there is some positive progress going forward. I think as a quarterback and as a player, you never want to really sit out a whole year, but um, I think this situation put him, put him in a position where it's like now the organization has the power. Say if he was traded before, not saying that the league is sneaky or they do anything behind people's backs. Uh, I know it's conspiracies out there. I'm not going to, you know, get into that, you know, or anything in that, in that realm. But I mean, honestly, if he was to go to a team was traded before all of this was happening, you know, he probably would have had a better support system of helping it out and trying where we can be like, okay, it's about 50, 75, 25, where he is going to play this year. With him still being on a team that, you know, you already said you don't want to be with us. You didn't even want to come talk to us. You haven't been answering any of our calls. We're not going to help you out to even get on the field this year. You're going to have to work this out on your own. Now, I, I know he has a great attorney that's going to make it possible where once he's, where he's going to do his best to get these allegations going. And then that way, Houston will be forced to go ahead and try to move, him, move on from him and then try to gain some compensation back within that trade. But, I mean, I think this, this video was showing that not, I agree what you said. I'm still working. I'm not letting this situation bring me down. And I'm going to keep on doing my best because once this is over with, I'm ready to come to you with a clean slate and start over again and build around the team that I'm trying to move forward with in the future. Houston, they better do their best. Yeah. I mean, I mean because at this point, you just you, you're not getting him either way. He's not coming back. And what you're doing right now, you put him in a position where he won't play for a whole year. So I think you need to start thinking what you want to do. 
how we want to move forward with this. I think you need to start prepping out a plan of what you want to give up for Deshaun. I think you should most definitely include a first round pick in that talk. He's first round. He was a first round talent. Of course, he came out, had a great season with you, with you guys. Brunton took you to the playoffs, went to the divisional round. He has experience. He's worth that. But at the same time, don't make it where to the point where a team is turned off like you're doing too much. Give them one cut. I'm telling you, give them one first round, a third, fifth, probably a little weak compensation pick that you have that you pick up in a previous trade where they give to you later on in the year, where you can, when you make other trades in the future and then get some of that, that those picks back, then you can start working with it. You want a full rebuild at this moment. So really take what you can get and work from that. You bring in a guy like Tyrod Taylor to come in at the season if Deshaun Watson did not want to come back, which he made it clear, and with this situation, you at least have a pro who has some experience and probably make your team feel competitive and have confidence within himself and, and put confidence within the team. Even though we expect you guys to be last in the division, last in the conference, you know, at the same time, this will be your time to evaluate what talent you got around you. But Deshaun, to make a long story short, I, for some reason, I have an awkward feeling that he's going to play this year. Have an awkward feeling. I think with the with the offseason coming to an end and about to be moving on to, like, you know, the mini camp before preseason and then a regular season start, I think his attorney is going to start making strong pushes to work this out and then stop doing that back and forth bickering with um, – I think it's Tony Busby who who is one of the big lawyers who handle these type of cases and had big cases like this before. He's gonna do, you know, he's gonna reach out to him to try to see, hey, what can we do? What can we do? Because you know we gotta remember when you're in a position like this, Deshaun put himself in this position too. You should have left them with girls alone. You sh you should have had that many masseuses. I'm not going to speak too much on the situation because we don't really know. We don't even know how it went down. But how it's sounding, hiring all these people, you put yourself in this position. So you paying, it's not really saying that you did it, but it's more of like I'm paying because I have the money to and I want to continue on with my career because at the end of the day, you're still going to be bringing in that other bread anyway. So mm -hmm. you can work this out, find a way, be like, hey, y'all know I didn't do nothing to y'all. Y'all got me. But now this is going to make you think about your life's, uh, your common sense going forward, putting yourself in a better position, knowing that you can't do this. You got to remember, your celebrity status, people look up to you. They put that stigma on you when you enter the NFL because everybody watch it. We don't know why mm -hmm. everybody always make their kids look at you as role models. It's, that's just the way it's society. So just make sure you move forward. Do your best. And I, if you want to get out here, you better make some type of deal to get this done. I mean, you can take it to court, but, you know, they like to uh, they like to carry that on. They like to stretch that out. They get paid to be in court, too. Remember that. Mm -hmm. So uh, moving forward with the last segment on this topic, on this topic uh, or topic on this segment, excuse me. Tim Tebow signed his one year minimum deal around nine or twenty uh, K, I believe. And uh, his jersey sales is just flying out the roof right now. I believe he's top three in jersey sales already with the number 85 as tight end. How do, how do you think this situation will play out for the Jacksonville Jaguars? 
man, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I honestly, I don't think it's gonna really play out. I mean, <laughs> I think it's just to really with them bringing. First off, I, I would like to say this. I don't like how it was the fact that Tim Tebow was able to come back into the league. I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and put my own opinion on this. Yeah. I don't like how it was the fact that Tim Tebow was able to come back into the league so easily, but we still got my boy Colin Kaepernick sitting out. I'm gonna go ahead and just sit that out and sit that straight. But uh, but to me, to be to be um to go on the answer to that, I mean Tim Tebow, he's a strong quarterback. That well, he used to be a real strong quarterback. He was a real he big. He strong. Don't say he was not strong. I'm I'm sorry, I got to tell you, he had a decent run. He couldn't even throw past. Oh him. no no no! I mean, as far as like as far as like his oh, okay. the type of quarterback uh, he was. He was, I mean, like, he was big and strong, but, like, okay, as far as, like, his run, that. oh, no, nah, that, that run that. was, that was, like, a real, that was, like, a one-and-done season, to be honest with you. I mean, he got yeah. real lucky that season, but now with him being a tight end, I feel like this is going to fit for him more, but I feel like this was more of a publicity stunt. I really feel like it's the fact yeah. that yeah, <laughs> it's Tim Tebow. Dude wasn't in the league for a while. He just went and played in the MLB for a minute, and he didn't really get, like, a big contract in the MLB. Right, and it's like you haven't seen this dude really doing any football workouts or anything, and all of a sudden he just comes back to the NFL and he gets a job immediately. You know, it's just like I don't really see it playing out as much because I haven't seen him play tight end before. I mean, I've seen how athletic he is when he was playing uh, for the Denver Broncos and when he was playing for the Jets. You know, I was able to see some athleticism in him, but I don't really see nothing different. I mean, I don't really see him helping the Jacksonville Jaguars being carried on to like a number one like seed or into the playoffs or anything. I don't see all of it. Um, I mean, but he's working with a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, kind of seeing how they might work out together. It's going to be very interesting to see how this Jacksonville Jaguars team is going to be moving forward because they have a lot of young talent as far as with Trevor Lawrence and their new uh, running back, you know, having them team up together and they were playing in Clemson, you know, it's just seeing that being moved forward. And now you have somebody, as in Tim Tebow, who has been in the league before. Yeah, he is a veteran. You know, he has had some experience. But I don't really see it going anywhere, like, excelling. I see as though this was just the fact to catch fans' attention. Oh, Tim Tebow's back now in the league. You know, this was the big bad guy, you know, that he had that one great run, that one great season as a quarterback with Denver. And, you know, people always wanted to see him play a different position. They wanted to see him either play – like a fullback uh, position or a tight end. You it was know, tight people, end and fullback. Yeah, you know, people, people were saying, like, you know, they want to see him play a different position if he came back into the league. When he was playing with the Jets, you know, they wanted to see him play that position. But, you know, we just – we unfortunately didn't get to see it. But it's like now we're going to be able to get to see that and experience that for the first time on the field. So with them giving him this one-year contract, I feel like it was just more publicity to get Jacksonville mm-hmm. back into recognition because, yeah, they got the first-round draft pick and everything, but now we got Tim Tebow. Oh, this is going to really bring fan attention. And with him having the number three um, jersey sales already, like literally, that's just yeah. the fact of showing how much they just want attention to come to Jacksonville. And it's really smart by Urban Meyer, like in a business standpoint, it's really smart because you bring a guy who you had a relationship already with at Florida, and then he went over, got into the league, didn't do too much, but that one year when he beat Pittsburgh in the wild card and moved on to the divisional round, um, I mean, it was just one of those that it brought some attention. However, will it be good attention or bad attention? I've been hearing that, which in ways, if if it was a real reason, 
to take all the attention off of Trevor Lawrence. You know, him be the number one pick. And, you know, it's really make it or break it, bust with him. Let's have him going to this year just feeling comfortable, not really having as much media attention, and just go out there and play football. This is a guy who, you know, family supported to him. You know, he's getting married soon, I believe, if not already married. Uh, he's starting off his family early and really building a foundation. So he looking more into life than just football as well, which I don't think that he's going to make that a distraction. I think he looks at, at football as a job, and he's coming in there as going to do his job, so you don't have to worry about that. But he looking past the game. So really, this is just really bringing – just attention to Jacksonville, bringing it to the Duval area, to the Duval, you know. So I think it was something like that. But, however, I'm not just going to make it race because I think for people out there to know, this is also an example of having connections. He is big. I believe he's around 6'4", 250. Mm -hmm. He has a size. But really, can you run the route tree or run the routes as a tight end and exactly. efficiently and have good games? Would be someone that's dependable. Now, I say if he wasn't making roster, he'd be floating in between that that third that third stream or second stream. I don't think he would be a starter. However, I think they will make it to where since he's on the team, they're gonna try to draw up some plays for him as well too to bring attention to the game as well. Oh, Tebow out there. Oh, oh, they got him right there. Oh, they got him lining up in the backfield. Is he going to throw? Is he going to pass? You know, what, what are you going to do? Is he going to go out for a route? It's just different things like that, you, you know, is bringing attention. But at the same time, we'll take off the attention from Trevor Lawrence as well, too. Now, we'll see how it goes. And I do think it's unfair to guys who has been working to gain a roster spot who are undrafted or people who have been in the league who've been working on their craft for someone who has been went over to the MLB only played double a I mean he's yeah he's still somewhat in shape but he's in his 30s now he he been out of league, out of the league for seven years I know there's been others who've been out of the league for a long period of time too it came back but still at the same time you know this guy this guy has been floating around and everything he has done you know in ways it's gonna seem like privilege I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You can say that it's gonna seem like privilege. We're not gonna take it there. But at the same time, you know, you gotta look at both sides of the story as well, too. So we're gonna see how this go. I really hope for success for um, Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow. I never want to wish that on anyone because you wouldn't want nobody to wish that on you. But we're gonna see how this goes. See how it plays out. I don't think everybody should overreact. This might 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 not even be a long stint. Stint. This might be something for Tebow to be just, just keep his name in the media as well. He he was on college football game day. You know, he did all these little different anchor jobs, being on these different podcasts and show, just finding ways to stay relevant, which is smart. Which is smart. So you can't take away from that. But we're gonna see how this go. And you know, hopefully it work out for the best. Hopefully Urban Meyer made the right decision, but we'll see how it goes in the future. We the season will be it, it, we got a couple months left. Preseason to be here and then the regular season. So we'll see if he even be on the NFL roster about him. But now let's go ahead and move over to some NBA talk. Uh, uh yeah, some NBA talk, excuse me. So the the Memphis Grizzlies knocked out the Golden State Warriors 117 to 112 in overtime. Ja came in and clutch in the final 30 seconds, getting that big layup, dropping inside, 
on uh, Toscano, I believe, and getting an easy bucket. Being from there, you know, Warriors couldn't make no shots. They got to the free throw line, had a couple big shots down the end as well to really separate the game and for them to close it out and move on and gain that eight seed to play the Utah Jazz in the first round, I believe, on Sunday. So, Q, what were your thoughts on that game and how you feel about Memphis going forward? As far as my thoughts on that game, it was a really well-fought-out game by both teams. Um, congratulations, I would say, to Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Although, you know, they did not advance into the actual playoffs and this was fighting for the eighth seed, I'm going to give them the congratulations because of the fact that they really fought this year. Uh-huh. Um, with the type of team that they had, you know, really they were missing one leak. And I'll be honest with you, if they weren't missing that one leak, I don't really think they would have been no lower than the eight seed. They would have actually probably been in the six seed position right now. Um, as far as on my my thoughts and opinions on it. Also, they were missing their key rookie who uh, was dealing with a lot of injuries this year. But he he was a he was a great addition to the team. So you know they were missing a couple key assets to their team. But the fact that they were able to fight out through the season, um, I feel as though they will coming back and wanting to research next year. They're going to come back even stronger next year. And this is going to be a whole different goal that we're team we're going to see next year. Um, give real kudos to Steph Curry, man. Um, although, like I, I will keep stating this, uh, the, the Grizzlies, they did win the game. I want to give kudos to this man because it, he deserves all respect. He deserves all the respect that he, that he really deserves the respect this year. And um, even though in our next segment, you know, what we're going to talk about, he deserves more than what anybody credits him, doesn't credit him for, um, that he can't carry a team. Because he carried this team literally on his back, on his shoulders every single game. And, yes, he had his support around, like, even with Draymond. Draymond uh, Draymond wasn't really doing a lot this season as far as on the scoring end. But at the end of the day, like, even last night, he had a triple-double. And it's like that's still – significant to have from your power forward and he can come out and do that for you um now as far as for the Memphis Grizzlies uh, Grizzlies um John Morant bought out you know like how you said earlier you know he stated he was you know I'm the one you know finally now seeing this young man to be in the uh, playoffs um last year he got he got booted out in a play-in tournament and play-in game and it was a close play-in game too you know and now seeing him actually being able to be in the playoffs it starts to make you think, like, in my mind, it starts to make me think, like, was he worth it? Was he more worth of being a number one pick versus that number two behind Zion? Because this is Zion's first full season, and it's like they still didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make it to the play-in. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, I started kind of get pressed up like that. But John Morant really went out there and ball last night, man, uh, putting up 35 points. And then you, put, you come down, and you're – you know, this is only your second season, but you're putting it up a clutch bucket – that really puts your team ahead in overtime. Yeah. That that shows your mentality that you're ready to lead this team somewhere. Yeah. Although you know you're in the eight seed, but you got to think about it. He's working with a team that doesn't have any type of all-star potential players. This is basically John ja Morant with a bunch of role players, and yeah. the fact that he is able to carry his team as well. I wouldn't even say as much as carry because there's been times that the Memphis Grizzlies, they have just good supporting role players. Yeah. And that is another thing you got to look at it too. They have a real great supporting cast um, around their team. And it's like, there's some guys that can spark here and there. 
John Morant is looked at as their, as their star potential player as of right now. But if you go and look and just see all the other players that they have, I mean, it's just more just the fact that, like, they are – they're really doing a good job as far as the team that they have. And, honestly, if you can pair them up with somebody, I feel like that the Grizzlies can go a little further as far as than where they even went to this year. Yeah. You know, yeah, they make it to the AC, but at the same time, they don't have any star potential around them. You know, they have someone that can be potential – as far as stardom wise with John Morant, but other than that, you don't have nobody else that's really around there, but they all are great supporting cast. And I feel like that's where this win really came as far as on how they're going to do going further. Um, I really, I don't see them beating the Utah jazz, um, but I will, I will say it's going to be a close fight. It's going to be a real close match. I will say that I will give it that, but the Utah Jazz seem to think that they got coming up. They got um, they got a real good team on them. As far as I'm from yeah. my end, they, they team is looking a little bit better this year than they were last year or um, you know, the year before then. And the fact that they are the number one seed, um, I didn't expect to see them in that position. And um, Jordan Clarkson has been really playing out, uh, playing balls out. Uh, the fact that he's in the six-man uh, six of the year running, and then also Joe Ingles as well. They got them fighting for it. I mean, it's just showing how much of a support team that they have over there. So it's going to be a real fought-out series. I really would have the Jazz kind of winning that out, though. But that that's – we're going to say that for later on, though. But, yeah. yeah, this was a really great game. Um, but congratulations to the Memphis Grizzlies for moving on and actually gaining that um, – getting that eight-seed spot. And congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for a well-fought-out season. Yeah, that was that was really a tough game. A lot of people thought the Warriors going to win, including myself, but it actually went, was closer than what it was. At first, you thought Memphis was probably going to run away with it. Then Curry would start heating up as a, a – and then a team in general where they were just making some plays and making some from, uh, phenomenal shots, making it go into overtime. But really, I think – I know you say it's not a lot of star power over there in, in, in Memphis, but – I'm ready to give Josh flowers. I mean, he still got more to do to um, have a, a great legacy and have a Hall of Fame career. But I think the way he works, the way he plays the game, the way he uh, perfects his craft and really finds his, himself and do what he knows he does best to really create opportunities, not for himself, but his players around him. He, uh, I, I can see them really doing good in that next series against the Utah Jazz. Um, yeah, I know Utah, of course, is projected to win, but I think it's really uh, it's going to be based off the health of Donovan Mitchell and uh, what's my boy's name, Michael. Uh, Michael. Yep. I mean, it depends if they're if they're not a hundred percent and their game is affected by their injury. I can see a team like Memphis who coming in who has nothing to lose and they're just playing great team ball anyway. Ja, I mean, he like he might not be the best shooter, but he takes the best shots that's available. If he has an open three, he's going to take it. And he was around five for eight or somewhere out uh, for three uh, the other night. And then offensively driving inside the basket, he's great with the ball. One of probably one of the best ball fakes in the league, really creating opportunities, faking it out, and then getting a shot for himself or faking it and then getting the pass off to where he gets to the inside and get an easy bucket. They're able to create opportunities for each other. Valachunas and um, Jaron Jackson was in foul trouble last last night, but they had a guy like Tillman, Tillman Jr. who was able to come in, wasn't – 
as great uh, offensively, had a one three and then getting in the inside and just really uh, taking advantage of those taking chance opportunity opportunities getting points. Uh, and then being aggressive on the defensive end as well, making Draymond uncomfortable, not getting those easy layups, contesting it, that they gave them some, you know, some life as well to really keep it going and keep it pushing and getting the rebounds and then pushing up court. I think they have a game plan that could be successful, but they can't get down on themselves at a time if if they're down by probably seven or eight against a team like Utah, who is a first seed and they play great basketball when everybody's healthy. You got to keep on pushing yourself and going and. Also, I want to give credit to the Golden State Warriors as well. Uh, I don't want to be biased in my statement, but I'm going to keep it G. Uh, Listen, honest, we got to give credit to Stephen Curry. Now, I know he's not going to win the AVP award this year, more than likely because he wasn't able to make it into the uh, playoff picture. But at the same time, guys were uh, discrediting Damian Lillard last year because he was in the AFC, although he had a phenomenal year. But I think, I know Damian Lillard went off about that, but he also has to take into account that the year was affected by the pandemic. They ain't coming back into the bubble. You're not really having that atmosphere with fans out there as much, even though the beginning of the season started like that for them and it started picking back up. But he was, but as time was going, they would start playing in a more crowd atmosphere he him not having no one to rely on offensively Jordan Poole was able to step up in this playoff game playing game in the playoff it just appeared when he's healthy and out there he was able to do good he's really someone who can create a shot for himself as well too and get into the inside and just you know hit 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 some of those big shots as well but they're young and when you don't have guys like Wiggins who has been in the league for a while who doesn't play at a great level is going to affect that. That's why they need someone like Clay Back who can make those shots as well. And that's why we're saying they would probably be in that sixth to fifth seed if they had that because defensively Clay is good too. I think Wiggins need to stay with Golden State because I think I can see him flourishing because they need that defensive presence as well too. But he'll have an 18 to 20 point game. And that's 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 good if you have a guy like Clay Back who's going to average around 27 and then and Clay 30 as well, too. Draymond, offensively, he need to do more. You're a great playmaker. You're great defensively. But when people leaving you open, you need to take that three. They need to start respecting you more. Because if you start bringing them out, that's going to give Curry and Clay more when they come back to be able to run the court and give you those opportunities. When they start respecting you more, they're not going to play back, and they're not going to always attract their attention to one of those guys. You see how they were swallowing them up all game. They were not letting them get the big shot. I know people always say, Curry hasn't did this. Curry did He's not getting an opportunity to make a, three, a, a, a shot if you got three people on him. And then y'all going to be looking like, oh, well, they're trying to force the ball to accept Curry. That's why you need to rely on these other guys to make that shot. How are they going to do that if y'all, if y'all putting them on putting uh, putting that on so you need to respect if they're putting three people on them they're not going to let him beat beat the team they're saying anybody else can take the shot he's not taking and it has been a game plan all year now it's been some uh games that he has taken advantage you see they were over 500 this year they was 34 39 33 let's be honest if they didn't have to play in tournament they was in the playoffs it was an ac so I mean, you know, they just had those those games where they go on a three-game win streak, probably two, and then they have a big loss coming for a, a loss that was close. 
And that's what they had in these last two games with the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies. Not giving them excuses, but wasn't in a best position, you know. So I mean, it is what is it what what it is. I think they know they have they have a future going forward. We keep some of these guys, make the bench a little bit stronger. Clay come back healthy. Don't let him do as much this offseason. Just be healthy. Just shoot around. We know what you do out there when it's 10 players on the court and it's a five on five. We know you, you we know you're talented. You all right. But let's make sure you're healthy. So I think they got a uh, I think they got a good future going forward. And uh, hopefully James Wiseman can have a healthy year next year where they could come back in a full strength and they'd be competing for a championship once again. But um well, yeah, congrats to the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, give them their credit. Ja, we give you your respect. I give you your respect when you got out of, got out of college, but I'm not going to sit here in front with Steph Curry, my favorite player. I can't do that, bro. I can't do that. They're going to look at me, and then that, all my credibility is gone. I can't do that. But you the man. He had 35.9. But, look, yeah, let's go ahead and move over to the next topic. Uh, MVP. We're down to our finals. Jokers, Curry, and B. Q, before I tell you who you got, I'm going to make my eyes quick. Jokers won. Jokers won. He's a top, he's a top seed team this year uh, in the West. He had a phenomenal year. I believe that he averaged – I think he almost averaged triple-double this year. If not, he did. He had, almost. He had a phenomenal year. And offensively, I mean – he did, he did his part. And with Murray being out this year as well, too, he was able to take over, play his part at the center position, being a playmaker, creating opportunities for his teammates around. You know, Michael Porter Jr. was able to step up. So um I think I think he I think he earned it. I think he earned it. I think he had a I think he had a good year. And we haven't had a true big man win the MVP awards since Dwight Howard. So I'm glad to see it. Curry had a phenomenal year. Well, you already heard me just going around about that. It was great. You take Curry off that team, they were going to be in the same position as the Houston Rockets if he just sat out too, right. you know. But like, we can't do that because they didn't do it for LeBron. So we're just going to keep it at that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a LeBron hit or no. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and um, just kind of – to kind of go on just like hockey mind short too. Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I heavily feel like this is gonna be Jokic. Um, he also, it wasn't even just the fact that he uh, almost had averaged a triple double because he he was just um, two assists away from averaging a triple double this year, which is uh, amazing. If you just also think about it too, if you see where he's at on the triple doubles leading stat, um, he's I think he's top five if I'm correct as far as like of all time, and like that's. That's amazing to see for a big man. Like you don't see that out of a big man like that, and um, you know that's just amazing to see. He also led his team in steals this year, so that's another good thing to see too. You don't never see that out of big men. Like you know, he, he's he's doing it on the defensive side as well, and not just the offensive side. And that's just great to see. So I just feel like Jokic is gonna win it this year. Um, Embiid, he did good, but there was uh, someone that brought up a great point. When Embiid was out and when he was hurt, the Sixers were still doing good without him. So yep. it's just like if you, if you remove Jokic from the Nuggets, I don't think they'll be doing the same as how exactly they they would they would have tanked for real. Versus how the Sixers were doing without Embiid, they were doing perfectly fine without him. And you know, 
so that that that's kind of like my standpoint on that. Curry, Curry, man, balled out this year. But this year, for some reason, it was the year of the big man. Big men were like really, really showing out. You even had Julius Randle who was showing out this year. A great year. He, he man, he he made a he made a run for an MVP candidacy. Cause I'll be honest with you, I I honestly would throw him in the the top five, in my opinion. Top I, five in there. Top four, I, if you want to be honest with me. I would say only reason why I would say top five, because it's a it's a debate between him and and I would say him and Giannis. Him no, and Giannis. No, I don't no. Yeah. I, I don't me. Giannis, I mean, Giannis, he he won two in a row. He won two in a row. But we gotta hold you to that. So we we need to see what you're doing in this playoffs this year so we can debate about next year. Because right. we did that to a couple players already as well, too, who they had great seasons. James Harden. We did it to James Harden. Two MVPs. Didn't do and nothing. That, and it's like, all right, you know, now we, now we got to see something now, bro. We, we got to see something. You, you, you're, not, you're not really doing anything. So, yeah. Was um, yeah. And then even Dame Lillard, I don't even want to leave him out of considerations, but even Dame, man. Dame is, you know, like I, I was telling people because they were uh, saying how – the uh, Trailblazers, they they said they, they were gonna be in the play in. I told them, nah. I said, y'all just don't understand. Dame is, Dame is clutch. At this point, dude is is like Mr. Clutch to me. That's that's Mr. Clutch to me. You know, he might have his his little his fallouts here and there, but that's Mr. Clutch. I mean, dude sticks to sticks to sticks to his. his he just don't have that great supporting cat. Like, look, he clutch. It's kind of like with the. It's kind of like with Steph Curry, bro. Like, but he, he, he always, they, as a team, they always do good enough to get into the playoffs and then they fold under pressure. He's the only one who step up. So when it comes to that last shot, I'm going to put all the attention on him and make y'all beat me with somebody else. So Man, that's why I don't be as, you know, as clean. And he always got the bad end in the bargain because the years that he did great, Curry had two phenomenal years and was in the finals. And then KD came in and was after that and it was done. So after that was, you know, it was just kind of back and forth. When he, he was just in a bad position where, like, dang, we should have gave him this then. Where how are we doing it now? Where it's like now you got people who doing a little bit better. So it's like we can't go past him. He just got the bad end of the bargain. But we know he's someone eventually. Yeah, you know, and, that, and that's the thing that hurts about it, bro. Eventually. Yeah, and that's the thing that really hurts about it, bro. And it's like not even really kind of continue going further on on his part. But it's just like, you know, the fact that, like you said, he doesn't have a support system for real. I mean, like his his second best player is CJ McCollum. Right. CJ McCollum, he he is he's a good he's a good player as far as he's like when LeBron was in Cleveland and you got Kevin Love, who's the second best player. Like he's a yeah. he's a good player you can depend on him for the for the time being. But at the same time, you can't really rely on him like that to lead. The Trailblazers for real. So it's like Dame really has to put the team on his back. I mean, this year they are a little bit more stronger this year because of the fact of um they have they have their they have a couple players they missed that missed out last season. And um it's more of like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see Carmelo going against his old team. This is this is our yeah, first time Carmelo doing a little bit better. Yeah, you know, this is our first time seeing him going up against the Nuggets, and when he has bad history with the Nuggets, um, you know, so you know, just seeing how Dame and go out there and like he made a promise to now I heard about the story about the fan. The fan made you know said that he if he loses his house, <coughs> you know, 
if the Trailblazers didn't get um, a 42-win season, Dame went out there, got the 42 wins. But apparently, like, the dude wasn't losing the house. It was just a bit. But, nah, um, you know, Dame, Dame has always been one of them players. He's been underestimated. That, yeah. That's the one thing about that. But, you know, not even to go further into it, I just feel like Dame should get more respect, too, <laughs> that he deserves. And he will. I think, I think a lot of people respect him. And he knows that they just criticize him harder than others. But that's what happens when you committed to a team and you 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 stay to that commitment, but I mean it it hasn't shown, but it shows within the community because you made them relevant for years. Even though they didn't go to the championship, you made them relevant. You know, you always have their name in the conversation somewhat or who to watch out for. And I think he eventually go over that bump. I think that some someday that will happen. Kind of like the Raptors. Took them a while. They had a great, great form and had a great team. Eventually DeRozan left though. And then they went to the finals and won. But, you know, we'll see. But, you know, to wrap up this segment, we're going to finish it off with some predictions for the first round of the 2021 NBA playoffs. We're not going to do all series, but we're going to do some of them. We're just going to uh, give a quick uh, opinion on who we're going to win. So, Q, to start it off, I mean, uh, the first game that started off the playoffs, Bucks Heat, who you got winning that series? Although I don't, I don't like to go this route. Cause this is just my favorite team, but I'm actually for real still go with the Heat regardless of it being my favorite team. Um, they actually just lost the first game. Um, so update y'all, they lost the first game off a game winner from Chris Milden. Um, he hit a he hit a mid range shot over um, Tyler Hero, and it won in the game in overtime, one hundred nine to one hundred seven. But I still got the Heat pulling it off. I mean, even the fact that they were just able to managed to keep this this is supposed to be a better milwaukee team yeah it's supposed to be a better team than last year and you guys have your star in Giannis. you know they have a home the home court advantage but i got the heat winning it i got them winning actually going in the uh game seven okay um i'm I'm gonna give i'm gonna give the big i'm I'm gonna give the bucks bucks some love i'm gonna give the bucks some love i think they could be able to pull it off it was a tough matchup the game that you just said uh, it was really a lot of back and forth the threes kept the miami heat anyway born strategy Dragic going off and uh Duncan robinson but i feel like you know the bucks they have the they have the bodies they have you know some some star power along with Giannis as well with drew holiday coming in this season having a pretty good, a decent game. And then uh, Chris Middleton, like you said, who just hit the game winner. I think in the first round, they're going to put themselves in a position not get knocked off this early. You know, them being a top three top three team this year, I believe that that's what it was. They like the third seed or second. No, they the third seed. Yeah, they the third seed. So um, I think they will be able to pull it off. Giannis will probably wrap average around like 28. Uh, have some great, uh, have some decent games going forward, uh, being dominant in the paint. And I feel like guys like Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, um, they're going to come out there, you know, ball out. Brooke Lopez be a, be a strong presence in that paint. So I feel like they have a recipe to compete with the Heat because the Heat are very aggressive and they have a great defensive team. And the Bucks is a good defensive team as well, too. So offensively, who's going to come out there and be more of a threat? Now, I know the Heat has a firepower, 
They have guys like Hero, Duncan Robertson, Jimmy, who can go off at any time. And, you know, he can do his thing, get, get inside, getting those easy layups and those two-point shots, hit three there and there. And then Gordon Dragic as well, who leading at the point guard position, bam, down low. However, I think the Bucks is going to uh, – they got a taste of that medicine last year, and they don't want to uh, do it again this year especially with them and Giannis' reputation. I know they want to go further and deeper into the playoffs. He can do it. I know they can. And I'm never taking it out of there, but starting off the season, uh, the series 1-0 for the Bucks is very important. Now moving forward, uh, Lakers, and I believe, who was it again? Lakers and who? Um, it's going to be the Lakers and the Suns. Suns, Lakers and Suns. Yeah, Chris Paul versus LeBron James. Excuse me, everybody. I just had a, a brain fart right there. <laughs> Talk about for a minute. This is the first time that both of those guys have been have played against each other in the playoffs. So, what are your thoughts on that, Q? Who do you think going to take it? Man, and it, it's, it's crazy how everybody's saying the Lakers. I'm going to Suns, man. I'm going to Suns. I'm going to Suns. I, I don't know why this Suns team, if, if, if we want to be completely honest, this Suns team, they surprised us even just last year with yeah. their, you know, with their um with their uh, bubble run, you know, with them going eight and oh in the bubble, and they didn't get the chance in the playoffs. And like I kept telling people, <clears throat> I actually kind of predicted that Chris Paul would eventually end up with this team. Um, because that was their missing asset. I, I continuously had said they need a leader that's at point guard. They just need a real good point guard. And if they grab a person like that, they can really do some things, you know, because the Suns, they were never really a bad team. In my opinion, they were never bad. I mean, if you just go and look at the team that they had, they were honestly a good team. It was the fact they didn't never, they never had a leader. They depended on somebody that was very young, but at the same time, Devin Booker is not a, 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 a true leader because he's more of just an offensive threat. Um, but somebody like Chris Paul, who is still MVP caliber, apparently, you know, he's still people would still put him in MVP races. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this man. is his sixth, you know, and this is his uh 16th year. And it's just the fact that he has that leadership mentality. He makes a team much better when he joins a team versus when he leaves them. When he leaves them, they they begin to fall and deplete. You know, when he left Houston, they didn't really do as good. I mean, they, they made it to the playoffs. Um, but, you know, he met up with them, and they they still almost lost to them yeah, because yeah. of Chris Paul, you know. And just seeing how Chris Paul is a big factor to this team and seeing how the Lakers have been having some struggles lately. Mm-hmm. They've been really having some struggles. And I, I see why people would, would – the only reason why I, I understand why people would go with the Lakers – um, is because I remember watching something and how it explained how LeBron will easily turn up when it comes to him being the underdog. When he's listed as the underdog, he's going to show out. He's yeah. going to come to play. But at the same time, now he's playing somebody that can match that intensity with him. Yeah. Because Chris Paul is that same dude. So this is going this is going to be a real good series, but I really got the Suns winning this. Um. I just feel as though they're going to have more power to their offense um, versus the Lakers. The Lakers have the roster, but it's going to come down really to the Lakers bench for me. 
um, AD and LeBron, they're not going to be able to carry this Lakers team this year. It's going to be really difficult for them to carry this team this year because there are a lot of teams in the in the West that can now compete with them. Yeah. So. I, um, yeah. Although I want to go Suns, I'm going Lakers in seven. I'm going Lakers in seven. Uh, truthfully, I just have – I just know what playoff LeBron does. He's going to come out there, end up averaging a triple-double. Uh, he's going to have his body in the best position to be healthy. So – and he's going to play play more minutes. If the team is not playing to par, he's going to go out there and play more minute, minutes. Father Tom is going to eventually catch up. But I think within this series and knowing that Chris Paul was the person that put them over the top and that being his one of his best friends, I think he's just going to have that competitive spirit to be like, hey, I still got to make a legacy for myself. I'm still, I'm still chasing 23. Not me, but Jordan. And this ring talk is serious. So I think he will come out there, be, be fierce. He's going to be hungry. And he's going to really have that energy where he's going to force his role players and his other superstar, and Anthony Davis, to hey, it's time to show up and show out. We the seven seed. We haven't saw a seven seed get this far in the playoffs and make it to a finals to try to compete and win. We haven't. So they, they're trying to be the first to do that as well. And LeBron always want to be the first to do something. He went through a lot in his career. He got a lot of criticism. And he don't want to end it with, with this being the first series. He has a first-round exit. Now, if he put him in position – the Suns is going to take advantage of that. They're going to take advantage. They're mm-hmm. going to capitalize off of that. They're going to do whatever it takes. Chris Paul, when, when it's time to get on, he'll get on. He has a good shot. He knows he's driving the inside. He has a good ball fake as well, too. Um, he knows how to find his uh, the open player. He, and Devin Booker as well, we know offensively what he can do. He can turn up and be hot, and then he's hot. They got good big man and DeAndre Ayton. So they got somewhat of a big three them, themselves that can really go out there and compete. That's why I know when you said that they have another team that can match their intensity and their physical presence, they can do it. Although Chris Ball is small, he plays hard. So he's going to play hard right along with you. And yes. he's a matchup with LeBron if you got two, too. All mm-hmm. he knows, I'm going to stay in front, just go vertical. And we see what happens. Now, I'm not saying he's going to play on him the whole time, but when they try to do a switch, that's not a switch that would be like it's a total mismatch. Chris Paul, along with him being one of the most true skilled point guards in the game, defensively, he's great too. He knows how to stay in front of his opponent. He knows how to stay in front of the player, the opposite player. So he's going to do his best to put LeBron in a position where his shoulders are going to be straight. He's not going to do all that diagonal stuff where he gives LeBron a clear lane to drop past him and then use his shoulder and his body, his, his body frame to get an easy basket. He knows what to do. And I think defensively, they're going to have a scheme where they're going to have they're going to make him as uncomfortable and they're going to put him in a position like everybody did to Curry. We're not going to let y'all beat us. We're going to let those other guys. We know that LeBron has had players in the, in the past that were able to make that shot or turn up the tempo for them and get them past and get through these uh, those playoff rounds, get into the finals. However, like you said, they, the intensity is going to be matched. I think it's going to be a tough series, but Lakers in seven. 
And for the last game, we're going to make this quick that we're going to talk about, and then we'll talk about the other ones later on on the next show. Dallas and the Clippers. What you got, Q? It's a rematch from last year. Clippers definitely. end up edging them out. Definitely, uh, definitely a rematch. Um, I got Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Uh, I got Dallas, and the reason why I'm gonna say that I'm gonna have Dallas is because they're going up against playoff, uh, playoff mm-hmm. pandemic P. They're going up against playoff pandemic P. Playoff and, P. Stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, you got somebody like Luca who has been, um. People has felt as though this year uh, they're seeing a different side of Luca, even though this is his third season. They're seeing a different side as um, is he a real, true, you know, person like that? That is that star t- caliber type of person. He still is. I don't get why people really think any different. Um, but I see the difference in this series is going to be the fact that Dallas has Porzingis back. Um, that was the key reason as to why. They lost last year, and everybody kind of pinpointed at that. To be honest with you, if Porzingis was there, I feel like the Clippers would have lost last year. They would have been the first-round exit. And for some reason this year, I'm, I'm on that same bandwagon. I'm on that same bandwagon with them. Um, I mean, the Clippers, don't get me wrong, they do have a, a stronger team this year, but it still hasn't been fully confident that this is going to be a team that I can see competing up to make it to the Western Conference Finals. You know, this is this was supposed to be a team that I was supposed to be able to say that for. But, like, you guys have so many star potentials, and it's the fact that you're how – how can I put it? it? It's more like your team – your team chemistry is still not there. Still lacking. It's still – it's still lacks, you know, and it's the fact that you guys have you, – they have someone of the same team from last year. They added a couple key – players to their team like Rondo. Rondo has actually been making their team much better since he's been on the team. They have Serge Ibaka. You know, he, he's a real great asset as well. And then you have somebody, um, I don't know if he's really playing it as much anymore, but Luke Kennard, he's a real good shooter for the team. And that was kind of where they liked that a little bit, was shooting and big men. That was their two biggest issues. Um, they also have Nicholas Baton, but I mean, he's kind of like a player that's here and there, but it's good that he's a good bench player. They haven't come off the bench. But I mean, just, yeah, you know, and and having a vet status. But you're going up against a team that is very young still. And this is a team that has been together for going on. This is their all majority of the majority of them. This is the third season together. Um, and they kind of built that chemistry together. So that's where this Mavericks team is still able to hold on together because they have the chemistry. So yeah. they have the chemistry to be able to beat y'all. The Clippers really don't. And to be honest with you, I, I'm kind of fearing for the Clippers because if they don't do good this year and they get bounced out, it, if they get bounced on this first round, Kawhi's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, calling I'm calling it. Kawhi's leaving because he's a free agent this, this, this summer. He's going to leave. If y'all don't get it, if, if y'all at least don't make it to the Western Conference Finals, I would say that at most. If y'all don't make it to there, he leaving. 
you know, Kawhi know his game, and it's I know a lot of people be like, you can put the blame on him as well too. But this is somebody who made a Raptors team work, who had just a bunch of role players and good players to like uh, um, compliment him. But he was the one who was leading the way. We saw what he did with a Spurs team as well too. They had Tony Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, of course, and they had guys like Danny Green shooting stuff as well too. But he was the LeBron stopper. Mm-hmm. He was the one who was put the presence and made him feel uncomfortable. Even the series that they won the year before, when they did when they did their repeat, he had LeBron a couple times six five points in the first half, mm-hmm. and with like twenty one. That's not LeBron in the playoffs. What we saw in the recent years after that. So you know he did his part. That's why I understand what you're saying. But to me, I think the Clippers gonna win. I think the difference with playoff Rondo being there, excuse me, Rondo, uh, Ray John Rondo and Serge Ibaka, I think Rondo being that true point guard better than Patrick Beverly where he's dependable. You saw his shot last year at the Lakers as well, too, made some clutch threes and uh, some clutch two-pointers as well, as uh, well too. I think offensively he's a better presence. Although Beverly might be the better defender, he's the overall better true point guard. Rondo could play defense, too. He was a part of that great uh, Celtics team who had a wonderful defense as well. And just being a guy who can create an offense for them and have Kawhi and uh, PG out on the wing and more of just running the plays and just finding a way to get open, I think he's going to do a lot more for them. And then Ibaka is able to stretch that floor as well, too, because he can shoot the three as well. But he's aggressive in the inside, and he can be that defensive presence that you said with Porzingis being back. He's going to be in the inside. He can, uh, you can know, he can be on them as well, too. Porzingis, of course, has a height, height, and sometimes you're going to see where he's going to take advantage of that and probably uh, get a couple buckets. But I think just Ibaka's presence with always having a body on that opposing the offensive player, he's going to uh, do more of just he's going he brings that defensive presence in the inside that they needed. And uh, he's a smaller guy, but he's a guy who who's he's he's built pretty uh he has a nice body frame he's pretty strong but like I said on the offensive end he'll be able to stretch for as well too so I think they got the team and like you said they got the roster as well to really move forward I think that will be an advantage because we got to take into account how many games will Porzingis play will he play the whole series will you have a game where you go hurt and he got the next game you can't do that back and forth because you're going to give the Clippers the advantage now they was up three one, and they end up what what three two or something like that. They they almost had a chance to go to game six or game seven or whatever. So uh, and then the Clippers was able to close that out though. I think if you put themselves in, in, in put them in that situation, they will be able to close out again. Now if you make it go to game seven and keep it tough, they might fall under pressure. It's just a curse against them for some reason like that. I don't know what it is. But I think they will make it um, past the Dallas Mavericks. And I honestly think they can make it to the Western Conference Finals, too. Uh, it's just they can't get down on themselves. And as a team and as a whole, I think they need to put that, bring that to attention and really overcome that. Play, uh, Paul George, we don't need any of that footage. Don't be scared to take a shot either, but also take the right shot and use your size as well to get in the inside, in the inside, get those easy tools, get those easy layups, and just really make them respect you more as like you don't know what I'm gonna do. And then Kawhi step up as well too. I think they just need to play as a whole. They just need to make sure to play as a whole. You got to, you got, you brought some assets in that will be uh, that will be effective and that 
that flourishes with what you got right now will help you move forward. So just do that. But, yep, I got the Clippers winning the series in seven. I think they, I think Dallas will take it to seven. But that's all we got for this episode of Sports Loop. Make sure you listen to us on Anchor. Watch us on YouTube. We're going to have this out soon. So be patient with us. And Q, you got anything to say to the people before we out of here? No, sir. All right. That's all we got for you. See you next time. We'll be right back.